Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. For decades, climate advocates hoped that the world's two biggest superpowers and polluters, the United States and China, would compete to be the biggest in clean energy. And now that President Joe Biden has signed the Inflation Reduction Act into law, that competition may have begun. The IRA invests nearly $370 billion into clean energy and helps build a domestic clean technology manufacturing sector. But the timing of this law is also important here. Beijing suspended its cooperation with the U.S. on climate change in protest because of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's recent trip to Taiwan. So today, I chat with Politico's Zach Coleman about the clean energy battle between the U.S. and China, where it stands, and what's next. It's Tuesday, August 23rd. So, Zach, you're reporting that the Inflation Reduction Act signed into law has set off a clean energy arms race between the U.S. and China, which is a longtime goal of climate advocates, as you write. So what do you mean by that? Yeah, what you have here is the U.S. finally leaning into industrial policy to actually throw money behind building stuff here. You know, it's subsidies, it's incentives, they're are maybe more efficient ways in the classic economist sense to actually get what you want. But this was the politically palatable option here, paying companies money and people money to do things and build things here. And it was framed in this competition with China sort of vein to get people excited about homeshoring industries and creating jobs here, even if it, again, might not be the most economically optimal way to do things, it is certainly something that speaks to the patriotism of what the clean energy industry is trying to build here in the U.S., and it really got people excited about the possibilities. Right. And so how do the U.S. investments you mentioned that are a part of this bill that are designed to create a domestic clean energy base, how does that compare to the level that China has already devoted towards that goal? Because we know China is way out ahead of us, right? Look, yeah, small potatoes compared to what China has done. China does not have a free market economy in the same way that the U.S. does. They are very comfortable with subsidizing their clean energy industry, which they're building not only for installing at home, but also for exporting. I mean, China is still building a lot of coal to power their own economy, and they are exporting their goods across the world in clean energy using you know, some questionable practices. Like there's a lot of charges of forced slave labor being used, and that is a huge problem. And there's an interest in the U.S. of not having to be dependent on China or other countries with bad human rights records who rely on those practices to make their products cheaper than they otherwise would be. So this is small potatoes compared to what China has already done, but the U.S. operates in a different political system, and this is still the most massive investment in U.S. climate history. So you got to start from somewhere, and this is using more of the tools that China is used to, but yes, on a smaller scale. 
Gotcha. And what are some areas of the clean energy economy where the U.S. is really looking to close that gap with China? And how does this law seek to accomplish that? I think one of the biggest areas is battery making and electric vehicles. Certainly, you see a lot of incentives for deployment. That is not necessarily the same as competing with production and manufacturing of clean products. But where you really see it is these incentives for building factories to actually build the stuff here. Right. So this growing competition that you wrote about over clean energy comes as Beijing recently suspended its cooperation with the U.S. on climate change after Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. So what do experts tell you about whether the U.S. even still has the capacity to influence China's behavior on climate, which is obviously very important given these are the two largest emitters? There's always the question of, did they ever have that capacity? I think that Americans would like to think that they could influence or hoodwink China or bring them along by pure one-on-one negotiations. And that was a fruitful channel in terms of actually having conversation amid a factious, friction-filled relationship. But China is going to do what China wants to do. They did, China and the U.S., come together on a methane agreement at the last climate talks in Glasgow in November. There was an agreement by China for the first time to actually get on top of their methane emissions and work towards reducing those. But again, is that because the U.S. had China over a barrel? I mean, the U.S. had a strategy of getting a lot of other countries on board with this global methane pledge that they spearheaded with the European Union, and that might have influenced China in some way. But I think what you're really seeing here is the U.S. might actually have more success by competing with China. And and I think the one major diplomatic cudgel we now have is the U.S. has passed a climate law, and it does have measurable potential emissions reductions. You still have to do it, but that is something that China had pointed to for years, that the U.S. overpromises and underdelivers. Now, we are making good on that promise, yet it is still far short of President Joe Biden's goal. But it does remove that argument that the U.S. has done nothing and is not capable of doing anything. Also, Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm says the Biden administration is hopeful gas prices will continue to fall. But she noted that some factors remain beyond its control. That's what Granholm said on Fox News Sunday, saying the administration has taken significant steps to increase America's supply of gasoline, like SPR releases, and encouraging producers. But she said that gas prices are largely determined by global oil markets, which is out of the White House's control. For context, spiking gas prices have driven inflation in the United States for months, but they've been in decline in recent weeks, with average prices falling back below $4 per gallon. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production? To help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon, find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.